Welcome to another podcast from VJ Oncology. Today we'll be discussing latest advances in mesothelioma with three leading experts. First, Anthony Chambers from the University of Glasgow shares results from the Phase 2 Systems 2 trial evaluating standard versus higher dose radiotherapy for the treatment of pain in malignant pleural mesothelioma. So we had previously conducted a study called Systems uh, when we just looked to see whether a standard course of conventional radiotherapy was beneficial and for how, how many patients. And that showed that a course of 20 gray in five fractions over one week gave clinically meaningful pain relief in only one third of patients. Now we now have much better radiotherapy techniques, much more precise, more sophisticated ways of delivering radiotherapy. So we can give higher doses without worrying so much about side effects. So we wanted to see whether a higher dose of radiotherapy would improve pain control and hopefully in a bigger proportion of patients as well. Well, the first thing to say is that we recruited 110 patients to this study. That is by far the largest randomized study of radiotherapy in mesothelioma that's ever been done. It was very challenging because these are quite frail patients, often quite close to the end of their life, sadly. So that in itself, I think, was an important achievement. We found that we were able to deliver the higher dose of radiotherapy with very little extra toxicity. In terms of the primary endpoint, so this was pain relief five weeks after radiotherapy, we did see a small increase in the proportion of patients who were benefiting, but that wasn't statistically significant. So that part of the study was a little bit disappointing. We're still waiting for the, well, some of the secondary endpoints. So one of them is radiological response nine weeks after radiotherapy. And we're in the process of analyzing all of those scans. But the other secondary endpoint was overall survival. And we were quite surprised to see a statistically significant improvement in overall survival in patients receiving the higher dose of radiotherapy. Now, this is early data, so we're going to continue to follow these patients up and we're going to repeat that survival analysis in another six months' time. But it was unexpected and perhaps quite exciting. The hardest part was finding the patients, so they had to be at least a month after any systemic therapy and they had to be not planned to be receiving systemic therapy for at least six weeks. So that made it quite tricky because some people didn't want to rule out other treatments. And you know, often when patients have completed a course of systemic therapy, they're not in a great shape from the therapy, never mind the tumor. So it was quite hard to find the patient. So it did take quite a long time to recruit. Um, but having said that, once patients were on the study, uh, you know, the delivery of the radiotherapy was, was pretty straightforward. Yeah. So one of the things I hope that this, these results are going to show to the community is that radiotherapy has a value in mesothelioma. So because of current guidelines and the lack of evidence, it's often only even considered when patients are getting towards the end of their life. 
And you know, by that stage, the chances of making a meaningful improve, improvement are already quite low. So it's not direct evidence that a more radical approach is going to be beneficial, but it supports the idea that radiotherapy has a role in this disease, and maybe we should be looking at using it earlier in the course of disease. Um, right, so we want to follow up and get more mature survival data. That's going to be really, really important. Uh, we're really interested in the radiological response data, so we will also have all that by the time we repeat the, the analysis. So I think taking them all together with the pain data as well will be very informative. We're doing some quite exciting translational work. So if we look at the survival curves, it's apparent that about half of the patients are not really benefiting from that higher dose of radiotherapy. So the survival curves are pretty close together for the first half, but then they separate quite strikingly. And so it, it seems that there's about half of patients who are, for whatever reason, going to benefit from this higher dose. So if we can identify who they are, then we can perhaps be more um, give more intensive or earlier treatment with radiotherapy. So we're doing some radiological studies and we're doing some tissue-based studies to try and find some biomarkers. Uh, in terms of system three, uh, there's already a trial in development to test radiotherapy upfront for mesothelioma, which I'm really pleased about. It's going to involve protons because that is possibly even more successful at sparing the healthy tissues and treating these complex volumes. Um, so that's in development, so I'm really pleased about that. Another area of interest for our lab is combining molecular targeted drugs with radiotherapy in mesothelioma. Uh, so we're looking to see if we can improve response rates uh, beyond what we're seeing with systems two. Next up, Dean Fennell from the University Hospital of Leicester NHS Trust comments on the significant results from the TEED study, a phase one first in human study in which the TEED inhibitor IK930 brought about notable shrinkage in mesothelioma tumours in a number of participants. So one of the goals of treatment really uh, going forward with mesothelioma is to see if we could stratify therapy, if we can identify subgroups with a likelihood of responding to specific targeted treatments. The T trial was actually a first in human, first in class study, so very important drug development in general terms, but one that's very relevant to mesothelioma. And the reason for that is that the gene which we know of best that can regulate the pathway that's targeted by the TEED inhibitor, called the HIPPO pathway, is disrupted in mesothelioma, perhaps more than any other cancer. And so this TEED inhibitor study, phase one, demonstrated shrinkage of tumors um, for the first time ever. Now, not all patients responded, and some of the biomarker data, which we saw in relation to NF2, the gene we expect to cause sensitivity, was not 100% correlated. So there's clearly a lot more to learn in terms of which genes, which uh, processes within the cancer cell regulate sensitivity. But this is a really important discovery and kind of adds to some of the recent data, some of which we've been involved in, in targeting other key drivers. So we published a paper last year targeting CDKN2A, another mutation, a protein called P16, and deficiency of that with a CDK4-6 inhibitor abemocyclib. That showed very promising activity. And in fact, we're in the process of running a randomized trial called Nero at the moment of a PARP inhibitor. And that PARP inhibitor 
is really a drug which we feel has promise based on a, another trial, MIST-1, which we published a couple of years ago at ASCO. Finally, we hear from Riaz Shah from Kent Oncology Centre, who discusses the role of immunotherapy for the treatment of patients with mesothelioma. I think immunotherapy is active in the disease. We've got multiple trials and real-world data in the subsequent line setting showing activity, uh, response rate, PFS and overall survival in multiply pre-treated patients. But um, the key, uh, the Checkmate 743 study really highlights its um, consistent benefit and efficacy in the first line setting. There are some complexities to the analysis and certainly it's fair to say that the benefit in uh, in sarcomatoid disease seems to be superior, but it's important to appreciate that that superiority doesn't, isn't actually the superiority of the treatment. It's the inferiority of chemotherapy in that disease that's driving a low hazard ratio that makes it look like sarcomatoids are responding better. Um, I think the main message of immunotherapy is that if it's reimbursed, um, it, it will become an option. Uh, it is likely that any reimbursement would be as per the license, so it is unlikely to stipulate any restrictions on PDL1 expression level or histology. And so I think it's certainly something to consider in all mesothelioma patients who are fit and have a good performance status, no contraindications to immunotherapy. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For the latest updates in mesothelioma and lung cancer, make sure to head over to vjoncology.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app.